Today we're talking about how to be prepared for the possibility of a return to online-only worship. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And my name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline, as well as the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support for churches around the country. I'm going to go ahead and start with a confession that today's conversation makes me want to die a slow death. Yeah. It's an important one. Yep. But I, I, the idea that what we're going to talk about today could be necessary makes me want to light myself on fire. Yeah. That seems like an extreme response. I know. That's how to I To something that's inevitable. Well, it's not inevitable. It's not? No. It seems like it is. Well, geez, what a freaking Debbie Downer attitude. Not, you don't, you listen, think it is inevitable you know that we return? I was focused on 1231. And you really came down hard against that. So now I feel like it's it's just forever. Let's just do everything online. I'm not going to move anymore. I'm just going to sit in front of my computer, call it good. Sounds like a really healthy lifestyle. Yeah. To just settle into. Yeah. Well, we're gonna Which, we're gonna. And what I do, that's largely all that I is, do. That is, yeah, that is largely yeah. what you yeah. do. Whatever. So we are going to talk about the possibility that, of having to return to online only worship, and the reason for that would be. We uh, are seeing these surging numbers, Mm -hmm. despite what some people think that it's going to go away the day after the election. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, on November 4th, (laughs) there's going to be zero COVID cases. Yeah. My leanings on that opinion might be uh, pretty evident in that. Well, I've got to tell you, I've never been more proud to be from the state of South Dakota. Yeah, it's pretty bad. The Sturgis rally inciting the uh, pandemic across the Midwest, them yeah. having higher numbers than anyone's ever seen. Good times. Good I heard times. I heard through some tracking, they actually think that there is almost no county in the U.S. that like someone w- was not from and then at the rally because there's so many oh, people sure. there, that sure. it had the possibility to literally spread throughout the entire United States. We were probably on like the downswing yeah. and then Sturgis rally happened. Yeah. yeah. So the numbers uh, aren't great, and I I do know that there's a wide variety of opinions about COVID and and all of that. And so regardless of of anyone's opinions about it, it's been obviously a reality that we've all had to deal with this year, and it's Mm -hmm. impacted every church. And uh, there is concern that as we head into colder weather and flu systems, these numbers continue to surge. What's a flu system? Did I say system? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's a season. It's flu season, right? Yeah. Um, in a system. Yeah. I don't know, but, uh, that, that there is a possibility that further shutdowns would take place and that something like that would be necessary. You think it's inevitable. You've made that clear. So that's Tai Tai's prophetic word. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe not for us. I just think in general, like it's actually, well, there are some places, well, there are certainly some places where they never even opened. Right. So we're not, they're still in like, they're like, why are we talking about Going That's back, true. we haven't even gotten out of yet. Yeah, so maybe this needs to be more titled "What You Should Do Right Now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So depending on yeah. on what season you find yourself in. That's fair. Um, but I do think, in all in all seriousness, I think why it is important to talk about this is uh, 
I mean, I will say, Lord willing, this will not be true. And this will be the most unnecessary episode we've ever done. Could yes. you yawn one more time in I the midst of yawn. me? That's the second time you yawned. You could not seem less interested. This was your idea. And you seem... Uh, you're a little boring today. I can't, I can't. <laughs> be a little more interesting, I'll yawn a little All right. less. I'm going to do my best to be oh, more gosh. interesting. <laughs> but I would say, one, the, the big thing about COVID was the degree to which it caught everyone off guard. Mm-hmm. And um, we were all trying in real time to figure out everything. Yes. And it took like six, seven months before anyone started to really feel like we've hit a stride, we figured this out. I mean, we were literally tinkering week by week for months Oh yeah, with our own setup. Yeah, I mean, from the time we heard we couldn't meet in our space on Friday until the service on Sunday was less than 48 hours. Yeah. And I didn't know what a streaming was. Right. Well, that's not 100% true. I mean, you knew what streaming was. Why? Well, you didn't live in a cave. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like what, how, how to do it, begin to do it. Yeah. I had no idea. You figured it out, but then continued nope. to tinker literally every week for months and sure. months and months. And so I think it would seem prudent that we would if sh- be prepared for the possibility that it would ever happen again right. and have some things figured out so we don't have to figure as many things out on the fly. Mm-hmm. So we, we made a list this morning of, uh, of five things to be mindful of should okay. this ever happen again. And uh, you've got some great thoughts on, on all this. Um, I'll just start us with the first one. I think it's really important, should we have to do that again, to redefine what it means for someone to be, quote-unquote, connected yeah. to the church. Because I think one thing a lot of us did was to just take everything that we did in person and just figure out how to do it online, Yeah, which I think is fine. Sure. But I think one thing we learned through it is that the reality is it changes everything yeah. if, if you're just online. And I would argue it very much changes what connected it. Like taking someone from they, someone told them about your live stream, they're going to watch it and then they want to take the step to be connected. Yeah. If you're not gathering in person, mm-hmm. and if it would go so far as like something like quarantine again, where yeah. you're not physically with anybody, what does that even mean? Sure. And I think it can mean different things in different contexts yeah. based on your philosophy of ministry. But I think rather than just carrying over everything for, that, that is connected in person to online, I think it's important to think through and redefine what does it actually mean to be connected if this is the way we're going to be gathering. Sure, especially because this time, I mean, we experienced some pretty good play for a few months mm-hmm. off of like the Zoom thing. Yeah. You know, and I think every church, I mean, and Zoom. And then a severe tank. Oh, man. I mean, Zoom was just loving COVID life <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. And every, I mean, I, I bought dozens of accounts for the churches we support. Yep. All of that kind of stuff. And I don't think we could give out money yep. for people to do one Zoom thing at all. I mean, yeah. even when I think about it, I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. When we started can't. talking about this this morning, that that's one of the things that like yeah. made me start to feel physically ill with sure. the idea that Zoom is the means of connection again. Oh. It's terrible. Nah. But if, I'll text some people. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. What I got. Yeah, text only. No. Um, you know, but for us, it means trying to help people be connected to our online resources. Yeah. You know, the live stream, we did like a special daily podcast yep. and helping people be, um, know that they can be connected to me 
was mm-hmm. a big thing, uh, you know, through again, even if it's via Zoom, but just that as pastors, we're accessible yeah. um, and that we figure out a way to yep. be able to be able to do that. And then to whatever degree you're able to is online with one another. Yep. And again, I think figure that out however you want. I'm, I'm not pumped about it being Zoom again, mm-hmm. but... Um, and even if connection looks different, I just think starting it rather than just, again, roll everything forward, just really starting with this, like, what is it going to look like Sure. to be connected totally. in this time? Yep. And it's probably not going to be great. Yeah. So we have to do our best. Yeah. So that was the first one. Uh, the second thing is to make sure that whatever that path is, mm-hmm. that the connection is linear which I know is something that you think a lot about and that you're very passionate about. Yeah. So speak a little bit to the need to have connection be linear rather than just kind of wonky and all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think one of the things that I've seen a number of churches do, and, and the point is not to criticize anyone's method, it's just to, uh, I think, cause some people to at least think critically about their methods, uh-huh. but it was just this sort of like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And meaning what? Well, so for example, like, all right, so if you're new, text this number or comment below on YouTube or sign into our church online. Follow us on Instagram. I mean, yeah, yeah. like anything. And and you had teams of people scouring for any evidence of life from anyone in any place. Yep. And I think that um, what we have found is that. the truth is you're not going to get a lot of like activity from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what we worked on and focused on Mm -hmm. was having a very clear, we need you to do one thing. Mm -hmm. And we made that one thing for us. It's the info card. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it and talked about it Mm -hmm. and talked about it. And genuinely we got a couple new info cards through this season. We had people come and join us at our weird, small multi service worship thing that we had going on in our ministry center, all of that. Um, and a couple mm-hmm. and, um, I think we picked up a grand total of four people through COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, since I think since we've gone back to public, we've had a shocking number of guests. Yeah. In three weeks, we've been there three weeks, right? We've or been two. There three weeks. Now, yep. Yeah. Three weeks. I think we've had about 20 new people right. in those three weeks, which is amazing. And I think the big thing is those people, uh, each of them have communicated that they participated online in some way hmm. and they just weren't ready necessarily to fill out the info card or they clicked off before mm-hmm. I talked about whatever yeah. the case might be. But regardless, we we worked so hard to make one way. Mm-hmm. And once they did that one way, we were able to respond and, and get them as connected as we could mm-hmm. and all of that. But I think really trying hard to not provide all of these methods because mm-hmm. one, when you do that, it's inevitable you're going to miss one of them. Yeah. You're going to forget. You're going to miss it. Uh, maybe somebody's going to message you on Instagram, and because you don't follow them, it goes in that weird inbox that you don't actually see unless you click on your Im- I mean, yeah. Yeah. there's all of these kind of crazy things and reasons why it can't. And if it's a method that you're the one that's like kind of in control of, that mm-hmm. you're, so for us, our info card, mm-hmm. it's our system. It's not possible to miss people. Right. Um, and we just, and I think it also helps prepare your people to, to know how to respond to their friends. If, mm-hmm. if they've got people who are new, I think the average person in our church, if you ask them like, hey, so what's your first step to getting connected at Ridgeline? If they didn't say info card, I'd be so sad because they've heard me say it oh, yeah. ad nauseum yeah. every service they've attended for yeah. the entirety of their relationship with our church. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So by linear, you more than anything, you think what's really important is that there is a singular means yeah. of taking the first step 
to connection. Absolutely. And, and then, then after think- that, there's gonna there 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 are a lot of different like there is social media, there is other online resources, there are prayer Zoom like meetings and all that sure. kind of stuff. Yeah. But that the first step into it needs to be singular and yep. clear and, and simple. Yeah. yeah. And I think in general, at some point, you know, we'll probably do series or something like that on uh, church assimilation. That's mm-hmm. a word a lot of people don't like, but mm-hmm. regardless, like getting people connected to your church, I mm-hmm. still think there should be like a linear process to help people uh, through. Mm-hmm. But in this circumstance for this, it just is not as relevant yeah. because you're not going to walk people through a membership class, you know, uh, right now. Yeah. And the truth is this point um, very much applies whether you're in person or online. Absolutely. I think it's more important online because it's just so hard totally. to keep tabs on people. Yep. But this is always something that we would preach is you need to have a singular means by which people take a step to get connected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. So redefine what it means to be connected. Connection needs to be linear. And then number three, uh, make sure your online platforms are clear. Mm -hmm. (coughs) And so um, we do have, like, we have, we're on Facebook and on Instagram. Yep. We do have our info. Like, it's not our, well, we have an info card, but we have the app now that we use in-house. We have our website. Yep. We have a podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Sure. So there are all of these online platforms that are all over the place. Yeah. um, And we use them all differently. Yeah. And um, a lot of churches have a lot of these, but I know that what they're used for, it's just like the Wild West. It's chaos. For sure. So talk a little bit about what do you think that it means for these, like what's important about these platforms being clear? Yeah, I think when at the end of the day, especially if you're like a single staff or only a couple staff church, you don't have a communication specialist and a media director and all of these types of things, make sure people go to your website and know right away what's up. Yeah, Uh, We're in a situation where... Uh, that's harder to know right away. Yep. And so the very first thing that smacked people in the face, I think uh, I've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of utilizing the Squarespace platform for mm-hmm. church websites. And so they have kind of a pop-up option. They also mm-hmm. have an announcement bar option. And that should be what tells people mm-hmm. where to go. I think as we have gone back and our environment requires contact tracing, yeah. and so people have had to register every week. I've just been like, where do these people come from and how mm-hmm. do they figure it out? I got to tell you, the only place is through our website because we're not pushing it out on our Facebook page. We're not mm-hmm. anything like that. Uh, and I think people might find us that way. But I think whether you think about interacting with a restaurant or any other business, I think great that you have a Facebook page. Maybe there's some reviews. Maybe there's something to look at. And like I view the website is the official channel. It's the thing that's mm-hmm. going to communicate and should be uh, – <laughs> prepared and poised to communicate these are the official things it's not a rando person who's Mm -hmm. also an admin on your facebook page posting things right it's this is the like what the church is doing and so i think making sure that whatever your protocols are whatever your process is Mm -hmm. it's very clear within a click or two so that people know what's up right now with the church yeah that's good so i think of that like and i've i've heard some social media people talk about the importance of having like a home base. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all of these, especially as social media just continues to grow and expand. There's all of these different platforms to be able to use. It is important. I and I agree with this to have a home base, like you're yeah. talking, which for us is the yeah. website. 
I would also say that it would be advantageous if churches are going to use all these other platforms to do at least a little bit of work to understand them. Sure. Because I, I see what ends up happening is that they ended up, they end up using all of them exactly the same. Sure. And so then it's like just, announcement. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that's really like, if you think about the way that, that any normal person actually utilizes social media. Sure. Nobody is using social media just for announcements from their favorite organization. Like, right. That's just an, a, such an obnoxious way to communicate. Sure. So they're all different. They all, the people that are on them are different. The yep. way that they are meant to be utilized is different. When people try to make their Facebook page, their website, like that's a mess. Yeah. I like, I can't stand when a restaurant doesn't have a website. They just have a Facebook page. Post- like, Photos of their memo- menu. What? Oh yeah, that's not Come a good look. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think really doing the work to to understand them and then pick which ones are going to be advantageous for you. If you if you have a church yeah. that's that is the demographic trends older, you know, whatever older is. But like if let's say you had a church that trends toward 50, 60, 70s year, mm-hmm. years old, TikTok's probably not your platform of choice. <laughs> I mean, I'm 38 and TikTok, I still don't really understand what yeah. it's for. Yeah, I, I I tried and I just don't, I don't, I just have decided I don't care yeah. about that. And yeah. Snap, I feel the same way about Snapchat. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but the people who are on Instagram uh, do tend to be different than the people that are on Facebook and they're two super different apps. So I yep. think just do some work to really understand those. Yeah. One guy uh, that I would point people toward uh, that is great on that end is Gary Vaynerchuk mm-hmm. is his name. Um, he curses like a sailor. So just be prepared for that. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's his book, social media, a YouTube video, you're going to get cursed at. So just okay. be prepared for that. Yep. But he's really, really ingenious at understanding all of these platforms. Sure. So I would say do the work to understand those so that to our, the point we're trying to make, they're clear. Yep. Uh, so number four, don't expect too much from people. I think yeah. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I just think that... Um, I mean, I think we've, we've rung this bell all over the place, but even now as we're able to gather again publicly here and mm-hmm. we are under a mask order, but we can still, for the most part, do life. Yeah. Um, and it's still really like people are still really struggling. Yeah. Even though I think it's going to take, I mean, we don't know when whatever this quote unquote season is. I mean, for it to be a season, it has to like change and end. Yeah. Right now, it just feels like it's, I don't even it know. It feels if it's like f- winter in Chicago, man. <laughs> yeah, man. This is Narnia before Aslan comes back. <laughs> always Christmas, or always winter, never Christmas. Yep. And uh, so I would just say, I think like, and that's part of, I was even thinking about just my reaction as we started to talk through this this morning and the like, it hasn't happened. I don't even think it's going to happen. Sure. But just the emotional tank I feel of like it. What if it did? Yeah. If we had to go back to quarantine, if we had to go back to online only, mm. that would just be so devastating. Yeah. And, um, and I just think that we need to be prepared for that. Right. Should that happen? And recognize that like, and some people just don't want to give you their info yet. Yeah. And some people aren't looking to get connected. Like yeah. the fact that they hit play at all. Mm-hmm. is like a win for them. And I think that you've got your own people who, you know, you read the studies are participating at a really, really discouraging level. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, being faithful and and like and like doing it your best mm-hmm. and all of those kind of things and trusting that like, and God grows the church. Yep. And I think that 
uh, what we've seen and even the new people coming is just such a great encouragement and reminder because it just, I mean, literally we did nothing. Yeah. Other than making sure our website told people where to go right. on what day. Right. Uh, nothing. Yeah. And and people have heard and have come. And I, and I think that... Uh, it has seemed, though, like that what the last few months online were was like a lot of planting mm-hmm. and no harvest that we could yeah, see. Totally. Um, at all. And then as we come back to worship publicly we get to see like the harvest of that, the fruit yeah. of that that has yeah. come. And I would say like, I, I was not thinking of anything online as like planting at no. all. It was just like, just do it. Well, and we I think we, do it. you know, uh, like as I remember the pendulum swing of most pastors, it was, um, you know, oh my goodness, I have to figure out online. And then this belief that like, now we're going to reach the We're going to be a globe. mega church overnight. Yeah. And yeah. you were looking at, you know, uh, unreliable stats and believed that you had tens of thousands of people watching your sermon every week mm-hmm. and they were all going to get baptized by, mm-hmm. it, you know, by summer and all of that. And then the swinging back of like, ah, the studies show that I barely have my own people. So, right. <laughs> and I think, I think, but to, to recognize that like, and we are called to, we're just called to plant yeah, and, and God gives the growth. And yeah. so that's what we have to be faithful with. And I think that that's what we're talking about today is how do we be as faithful as we can mm-hmm. with what God's entrusted us with and he's responsible for the result. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But I just, I think it certainly would not be the time to, I don't even think right now is like, it's not the time to push Mm-mm. and to drive and any of those things. Nope. It's not time to do that. If you have a staff, it's not time time to do that to your people. Like nope. we are there, there are a number of things that I'm. I really want to do that I'm excited about yeah. that I think we need, and I've just had to make this like hard mental shift to right now. Our singular priority is getting our church back into the rhythm of gathering on Sunday. Yeah, that's getting people just back to that is yeah. is like that's success right now. Well, and I think what's hard for churches with staffs is because of the like extra time yeah. and and I get that it wasn't like a laze around time by any means but just extra time that existed in a day because there weren't as many meetings with people there weren't yeah. excuse me all of those types of things um, you probably spent a lot of time like we did talking about yeah. here's all the things we could do yeah. and even created some excitement around yeah do Man, I remember this I remember great, multiple times yeah. you talking about and getting emotional every time you thought about like this massive party, oh, relaunch. <laughs> we didn't even have coffee. That was one of the episodes we talked about. <laughs> we didn't even have coffee. I don't, we didn't even do childcare no. the first week we were back. I forgot was... tape or something, and so you were, you picked <laughs> up some grocery Target. store donuts yep, yep. to feed our volunteers, and it was just like... It <laughs> There's was, no party. No, and no. It, I mean, it was, it was equal parts amazing and weird to be back, yeah. to, but it was... I think when you... If, if you think back to... How we were feeling then, it was anticlimactic sure. at that point. Where you totally. just like, like at the end of the day, I was like, "Well, that happened." Yeah, <laughs> and I was so tired. I felt like I need eight months until we do that again. Yeah, it's gotten oh, yeah. better. The last two weeks have yeah. been better, but yes. that first week was rough. First two, yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah. So anyways, I just think have very realistic expectations uh, of people, and um, and set the bar low. Yeah, you know, and I don't think there's any shame in that or anything to be discouraged about mm-hmm. in that. I just think it's a matter of paying attention to where people are at yep. and meeting them there, rather than constantly forcing them to step up to some bar you've created. Absolutely.
All right, so lastly, and this one very much comes out of um, that last one, which is uh, should we have to go online only again, really double down on pastoral care. Yep. Because it's going to be super necessary. Yeah. And so let's talk about that a little bit for a few minutes. I think there are different ways that people uh, went about providing pastoral care. Yeah. I heard a lot of pastors that had mature pastoral staffs or boards that basically divvied up the entire church and everybody yeah. had 10 people that they you know would check in on and make sure that everyone's doing okay. Sure. In a situation like ours, that's a little bit more rough because yeah. pastorally it's you and me yep. that's here on site. And so we took a different approach. Our, our approach was to work hard to... I shifted my preaching to very care-oriented. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and we provided uh, daily, regular resources that were yeah. care-oriented. And then I was as super accessible to be able to meet with people as they said, I'm not doing well yeah. and I need to talk. Yeah, so much so that I think, um, you know, one of the things that especially ha- recently has grown in like use, I think some churches are using it as well. But at this moment, anyone who calls Ridgeline Home uh-huh. could pull open uh, this tool that has access to your calendar yeah. and schedule themselves with you as early as like tomorrow. Yeah. I Technically, think. And- I still have a whole today. Yeah. Someone could oh, meet yeah. with me today. There you go. Yeah. And so I just think that, um, that was, uh, that's something that I know, you know, probably some pastors here and think I would never mm-hmm. do that. And I think that it's something that we did even pre COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I, uh, the feedback we've gotten, I, you know, you do meet with a good number of people in our church mm-hmm. and it's not booked solid. No, it's not an overwhelming number. Right. And I think that the feedback we have gotten from those who've gotten to meet with you, of course, is positive. But then from those who haven't, the, it's the security blanket of knowing that they could if they wanted yeah. to and and recognizing I've just never had a pastor who's been so accessible and that sort of thing. Cause literally now I think on the other end though, the thing that's important to like continue to work to and shepherd people in is, is having the maturity to know that they need to cry uncle, Yeah, that they need to say like, I raise I your hand and it. say, yeah. I need help. Yeah. And, and even like, I mean, we've got a checkbox on an info card. We've got most people in our church have your phone number and they mm-hmm. could text you. There's so many ways to go about that. But the idea that it's just so different, you know, if somebody in your church goes through some sort of traumatic, you know, we have, we have a couple in our church and their family's going through a really rough season right now. Yeah. And so you learned of that and you reached out to the family yeah. to see what support you could provide and left a voicemail but still uh, you opened that door because yeah. that's one family going through something uniquely difficult. And I, that I knew about. That you knew about. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Because they did post about what they were going through. Right. I think the reality is we do know because this is global, mm-hmm. everyone is going through this. Mm-hmm. But also think about it that way. Yeah, Every single good. person is facing this, including you and I, the pastors right. of the church. So yep. we are all, it, it's just such a unique thing. I, I, we've, got a, we've got a friend who um, is a psychologist. Yep. And he, uh, you know, just in talking to him, recognizing like it's, it's a very unique situation to have to counsel people and provide therapy pr- for people through something you You're are actively going through, going through your Right, and I think that that's like having a panic attack 
and being right. ex- expected to either pastor sure. or provide therapy to someone who's also going through a panic totally. attack. And so as a result, it's impossible to check in with people in a way that's meaningful, in a way that you get an actual real response from people, whether it be through text message or all of that. And even that divide and conquer thing I think is great, but I think you cannot hang your hat on the fact that, well, I put a check mark in those people's box within the last four weeks and ergo I'm done Mm -hmm. as the only means. And Mm -hmm. so people have got to know when they need to reach out and have you made the method and the means for people to do that easy? Yeah. And then people have to have the maturity to know, hey, I just like, could we get together? Yeah. Could we? And and I think when they do that, we just have to be ready to double down on care and and be flexible and and yep. work. You know, I think uh, you met with a couple in our church right after preaching on Sunday because they both have weird schedules and it was yeah. the only time it could work and it's not one of the options on your calendar. But even in that, their willingness to just say like, we need to meet, mm-hmm. these times don't work, can we work and be mm-hmm. reasonable. Right. And and that's what I think Double Down on Care is. And then we did a lot of things as well that were more global. You mm-hmm. know, we uh, you know wrote a little kind of note on a sticker and uh, delivered donuts to every single person who calls church home. Just yep. remind, it was on a Sunday morning. Yep. Prior to when the service was going to be live, and just reminding them that like we're together. Yep. Uh, we had a T-shirt, and we, you know, you hand wrote a little card and delivered T-shirts to people, and it was waiting on their doorstep and that kind of thing. Yeah. And just some of those types of things. You, so that you pe- did that with a team. You made it sound like I wrote a note and delivered all these T-shirts. I oh. just want the record to, to show. Okay. I wrote the note that yeah. was photocopied and put on the T-shirts, and you and your team delivered them. Sure. I, I don't want anyone thinking photocopied. Like, yeah. We're, we're classier than that we like attached a tag <laughs> like you bought it that way well, but and then we faxed these t-shirts yeah. to every person in yeah. our church no but i think um uh and those types of things we worked to provide some global care to yeah. people just like you said with the podcasts and all yeah all of those different things but um but that individual care we did and there were certain people you know praying through like our prayer requests and and seeing what those were and who we should reach out and and all of those types of things. And even just those people that like, I know you and I were like, have you heard from that person? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. And you know, a text message would go out. All mm-hmm. of those types of things. But the idea that we can have like a finger on the pulse mm-hmm. of how everyone's doing at any given time, mm-hmm. just even knowing for myself how I have vacillated and how I would answer that question. Sure. It really depends on the day of the week, the time of the day sometimes. Yeah. All of that. And yeah. so it's just really important that we make ourselves accessible. And then as pastors, do not bear the burden mm-hmm. of like having to make everyone okay through a situation that you might not be that okay yeah. in. Yeah, I think the two things I would say on this point to pastors is, number one, do allow the Holy Spirit to, to put on your heart and mind people that do need mm-hmm. some sort of touch from you. Yeah. Um, I mean, even today, I read through the um, par- the prayer requests again mm-hmm. for that ki- that we got on Monday, yeah. and then I wrote letters to four or five of mm. those people today, and I try to do that on the regular. Sure, um, and that's and it's and that is very like there was like forty five prayer requests, sure. so there were forty five people saying like here's something that's on my heart and mind yeah. that I need prayer with. Totally. There were, as I read through them, there were a few that hit me in a unique way sure. that I just felt prompted to do that. Yep. I didn't write 45 letters. No. 
Um, so I would say allow this Holy Spirit to guide you in, yeah. in the people that you do connect with. And then, so that's the thing to do. The thing I would say don't do is do not create an expectation in your church that you are psychic. Like right. That's the thing I want to continue to say to Christians in churches. Your pastor is not psychic. <clears throat> he cannot yeah. be held accountable for knowing when you need, what you need and when you need it. Sure. You're an adult. Take responsibility for that. I yep. know that it's hard. I know that sometimes the, the thing you want the least but need the most is to talk. Yeah. But you have to take responsibility for the fact that you're an adult. Raise your hand. Say, I need help. Absolutely. And pastors, do not, do not create an expectation in your church that you will be psychic and don't allow people to beat you up for that and don't bow down to that. Absolutely. Like, continue to ring this bell. I am ex- Make yourself accessible. And actually be accessible. And, and actually be accessible. Yeah. To your point, always make the, the means by which people connect with you clear and simple. Mm-hmm. Be flexible. Meet with people. But do not take on the responsibility of knowing what people need, why they need it, when they need it. It's just simply not fair. Absolutely. And I think for those who aren't maybe in vocational ministry or something like that, listening to this podcast, um, and you might be wondering, yeah, it'd be nice if my pastor reached out to me. I just like to point out to people that like your pastor is going through this as well. And have Mm -hmm. you reached out to see how he's doing or how she's doing or whatever the case might be. And I think that remembering that we're like brothers and sisters in Christ. And yes, there is a leadership role that your pastor has to play, but um, maybe they're having a rough go of it too. Mm Because again, it's not a matter of you're the only one going through this or your family is, or somehow we got some sort of exemption Mm -hmm. and don't have to feel all of the things that go along with this. Uh, and so please, by all means, uh, reciprocate, uh, something that you might need, someone else might need as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think a great lesson coming, I mean, Lord, again, Lord willing, this will not be necessary again. Um, but I think a very, very important lesson in, in this has been, we need to be prepared for situations like this. Because the truth is, if we just look back over the last 120 years of history, this isn't the first pandemic that we've been through. And this is not the first pandemic that has affected the church, and it won't be the last. And so I think whether or not we learn the lessons that we need to is really on us. And so, again, hopefully this won't be uh, super critical in the next two months, but if it is, these are the things uh, that we'll be thinking through, and we invite you to do the same. Um, thanks for listening today. If you uh, have any follow-up or want to connect with us, you can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And at Tyler Dravitz. That's at T-Y-L-E-R-D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. You missed your calling as a disc jockey. <laughs> I did. I did. I feel like that was in the cards for you. Disc jockey. I like it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with another new episode of From the Field. See ya.